Episode 66. Today we're talking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to label this a controversial topic, sleep. Why are these so controversial? Because it's probably one of the most like talked about things in some of our prescriptions to our clients. And I think it's also one of the most like hard fought things against said prescription. Would you agree? I feel like this is the one that like, it's easy to tell someone, hey, drink more water, do this, do that, work out more. But like when you bring up sleep and I probably meet more people that don't sleep versus those that do sleep. And it's, it's just like one that doesn't have immediate gratification tied to it. So it takes so much work and so much planning and practice. And you know what I mean? So I'm going to label it as controversial. <laughs> I think it's because people think it's out of their control. Yeah. Like when you shut your eyes, what happens after that is out of your control. Yeah. I think that's why people I can, struggle with it so much. I agree on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I think like also in the same breath, you can prescribe all these other things and they could execute a hundred percent on them. And there's only a certain point to which they work where if you're not dealing with your sleep issue, you know what I mean? For sure. Like weight loss and stress management and stuff. Recovery injuries, like all the, like literally everything is impacted by sleep. Do you think the need for sleep is controversial though? Ooh, that's a loaded. That's why I'm I'm not sold on your word controversial. (laughs) Maybe it is the wrong word. (laughs) That's a loaded question though. Because I think people know that the need for sleep is there. Do you agree with that? Yes. I think they just settle for what they get. I agree. I also want to add to that. I think like society, albeit we know that we need sleep, society has like this, like, if you don't work harder, stay up longer, put more hours in, you know, you're not as successful or whatever you might want to label it as mm-hmm. go, go, go fit more into your day. And yet I feel like our whoop gang would disagree with that. <laughs> Absolutely. Cause when Barb posts her 99% sleep need met oh, and her quality of sleep makes me feel like a failure. I think it makes people very upset. <laughs> But like, holy crap, Barb, all the power to you. Yeah, for sure. You know what also I think is worth noting? I think when the lockdown and like the world shut down, I think it also was like a revelation for a lot of people because they were now like able to sleep in and sleep longer and, you know, maybe more deeply because some of their stresses had gone away. Maybe they weren't like going to work or their commute was not existing anymore, et cetera, et cetera. So like all of a sudden they were seeing these benefits of sleep that they didn't have before. So I I kind of feel like the world shutting down like that reignited some of these basic principles and the, the need for them, you know, and you can go the other way with that too. Like now people are home with their kids and now they have this added stress and, (laughs) but I think just like it became a greater part of the conversation when people were trying to deal with stress and like, 
look after themselves and than it ever was before mm-hmm. and maybe wasn't focused on as much um if we start with the basics what is the prescribed hours of sleep needed i would say seven to eight general research shows that as a functioning human being like i'd say like six is the minimum seven is good eight would be like you're a rock star where do you fall on that um just over six on like a good day when the dog behaves (laughs) and I can get to bed early but I mean that was like six I was sleeping through the night and now I'm not sleeping through the night because of the dog so (laughs) another conversation yeah yeah for another and I mean we can go there too because our clients too will be like okay well I don't I'm I don't get seven hours because I can't sleep soundly through the night I'm up or I'm staring at the ceiling or and you know what naps count towards that debt and I think that's an important thing to note too that like okay I get it that maybe you're only sleeping five hours instead of six but is it possible to fit like a quick afternoon nap into your day? I feel like the vast majority of our listeners who work nine to five are laughing at you right now. Man, when I was training, like sleep was so important to recovery and all the good stuff that comes along with sleep that we're going to talk about. But like I had two naps in my day every day. They were short, but albeit it was a necessary part for training four or five hours a day. And I think that part isn't glamified enough when you look at some of these more like competitive athletes and in any sport, really. Yeah, their diets are pristine. They work out like animals, but like, look how much they sleep. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> not as not as glamified. <laughs> um, what would you say the benefits to getting those seven to eight hours of sleep are? Like it, I mean, from the basic principles, sleep is where all our hormones are produced and regulated. So, you know, you think about things like recovery and just like managing stress, there's a great opportunity, um, growth, like muscle growth. That's what happens there. So injuries and things are important. Sleep is so important. It changes our cognition, like the clear, the clarity of your ability to think through the day, you know, when you don't get a good night's sleep and you wake up and you just feel in that fog, like that sucks. Right. So just your ability to, to think more clearly um, which then kind of like it affects our decision-making abilities. And I, I kind of like this one because it has different layers to it too. Like just your general decisions that you need to make from minute to minute. But then when you're trying to put this into like a lifestyle overhaul, you know, factor in your ability to manage your nutrition decisions. You know, when you don't sleep, you're probably going to have a shitty day of food because your mental willpower is exhausted by after like the first hour of your day. I bet you your breakfast is awesome and on plan, but everything after that falls apart or becomes a lot more harder to maintain, right? Um, The other part about it is that there's certain sleep waves in within that, like within the amount that you're sleeping. And one of them is really imperative to like your memory. So those people that have shitty memories, I mean, and there's lots of reasons why this could be, but I bet you they don't sleep very, very deeply. Because that's where like your brain is kind of like archiving everything that it's gone through. It also in that kind of carrying on from that mentality perspective, that's where like all your motor skills are, are refined and built and made into patterns. 
so that all the stuff that you did during the day, like, like take the gym, for example, you just did like a bunch of ollie lifting and something super neurological. Your brain is archiving that while you're sleeping. Um, and like general health perspective, if that's where all our hormones are regulated and your body is doing everything it needs to do for recovery, that's like where your inflammation is going to go down. Think about like sometimes when you had an injury in the past, like when did it feel best? Probably while you were sleeping, you know, you wake up and it wasn't as achy or as whatever sharp pain as it is throughout the day when you're, you're moving on it and stuff. Right. So, I mean, those are just general benefits. I I really think this list is like a laundry list of all the reasons that, and all the good things that can come from it. Um, if you have a client who doesn't sleep well, or like that can look like different things, has trouble falling asleep, has trouble staying asleep. What are some things we can do to help improve that? Um, I like to, I honestly like to work backwards. So I always say like, what time do you need to be up in the morning to start accomplishing the tasks or whatever it is that you do in the morning? And then we work backwards from there. Like if eight is optimal, like eight is best case scenario I do a scenario with eight and with six and then we start building what happens within like the two hours right before it is set to be that time to go to bed um and I think that people always start the opposite way they're like okay well I want to be in bed by nine you know and it's just like some arbitrary number that they might pick so if we work backwards then at least I can now factor in the the two hours that happened before that because like take for example when do you stop eating you don't want your body digesting food while you're trying to fall asleep. When do you put your phone away? When do you stop watching TV? You don't want to be looking at blue screen, blue light right before you go to bed. Um, we talk about what you do with your room that you're sleeping in. So darkness and coldness and um, weighted blankets and things like that. Uh, and then like simple men- mental, like tiring activities, like reading a book, like a, a page book in front of you, not on your Kindle on your iPad, just so that your brain is like going through some sort of sequence that it needs to tire itself out to go to bed. I have a client who does Sudoku, how do you say that? Sudoku, whatever, does those puzzles. And like, I thought about myself trying to do that before. I was like, man, I would just make me frustrated. (laughs) Not tired? No. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, so what are some things that our listeners could do to improve upon their sleep? Um, so let's like build that routine. Okay. okay. Like what happens in that two hours before it's time to shut down and go to bed. And you know what? One of the most interesting things that I've been having conversations lately is like, when you start to repeat this routine, certain parts of this routine, your body then attributes to, okay, I'm going to shut down and be going to sleep right away. So like if sitting on the couch and reading your book is something that's part of your routine, you'll find that as you continue to sit on the couch at that same time every night, like you're going to get more tired and more tired as the days go on because your body is now like recognizing the pattern. And so it's going to prepare you for that. Um, so I think that's the first thing is like, let's figure out what time we need to go to bed and let's map out that two hours before I always suggest electronics a minimum of 30 minutes before you go to bed, you're shutting that stuff and getting it put away. Like they've come up with blue light glasses and things like that to, to prevent the blue light. But I also think it's like the activity of what it is that you're doing. Like if you're sitting there on your computer doing work, 
and you're trying to justify it to yourself because you're wearing these special glasses, like your brain is in work mode. It's not in sleep mode, right? So that every time that you do this, now that routine, your body is prepared to work, not to go to sleep. So I think like that is just a pothole. It's just filling the pothole. It's not actually fixing the problem. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, I read, I actually, I don't think I read it. I think I heard a study, not even a study, but like a theory that back in the day before we had power and electricity in our house, we would get tired and go to sleep as the sun was going down and we spent the evenings in the dark or by candlelight. And now we're inundated with all these lights from our screens, from the TV, from overhead lighting, that they were encouraging people to like literally shut the lights off when the sun went down so that you were now in the dark and do things by candlelight. I thought that was very interesting. That comes back to your circadian rhythm, Mm -hmm. right? Just your, your flow with your surroundings. Mm -hmm. Like we weren't meant to stay up as late as we stay up. Yeah. If you go way back, but I thought that was interesting. There's a lot of good stuff. If you go way back, you know, Um, anyway, that's a whole different soapbox. (laughs) Continuing on with building this plan. Um, some of the things that we talk about with our clients is like the mindfulness parts of it. So again, too, this is like, it could be things I have clients that meditate. I have clients that journal. This is a really good opportunity for them to journal. Um, again, too, like you're doing something that's going to tire your brain out. You're being reflective. You're going through the process of writing and just kind of like archiving your day, whatever that might mean. Um, And they find, they find that like super beneficial just because by the time you're done it, you know, it's the same thing like this, I got the same thing as the number puzzle (laughs) or reading a book just tires your brain out because you're doing something different than sitting on your computer, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, What about things like showering or having a bath at night? Yeah. So there's lots of research out there that says a hot shower decreases your body temperature which when you say it like that kind of sounds weird. Like you, you would think that like hot water would make your body temperature actually increase, but it actually works the opposite way, especially at night. I think um, because your body is recognizing that it's time to shut down. And so if you take a hot shower, you're probably going to be more likely to fall asleep a lot quicker. I'm just going to like, that is something I do. Like sometimes I save my shower for the end of the night and I make it hot. I like hot showers. that's why I'm a good sleeper I'm an evening shower or two and I don't have trouble falling asleep yeah most times interesting what can people do during the daytime to support their sleep so we talked about things like naps just adding to that debt bank that you've accumulated just from not sleeping through the night these are, I think these are like commonly said things like, Hey, you've got to manage your stress. Like what makes you think that if your resting heart rate throughout the day, because you're so jacked up from all this cortisol is in the eighties and you lay down at bed, what makes you think that you're going to fall asleep? Right. So having stress management, um, strategies built into your day, which is also something that we do with our clients too. You know, those are the simple things the maybe the obvious things, maybe the things that we don't pay enough attention to, you know, including that walk fit in the middle of your day, just so that you can separate yourself from what's going on or whenever that needs to be. But that daily movement, that low intensity, just cardio movement to help yourself cycle your blood through and separate, 
your mind from what it is that you were doing. Um, I also know that, and like, again, I feel like this is common sense, but when the more people that you talk to, you know, when they first come in here, it isn't common sense that like, if you exercise, you're going to burn more energy, which means that your body is going to be more tired, which means that it needs to recover and it wants and craves that sleep. And I think that it's an interesting dynamic to me because, and especially with parents, because they know that their kid needs sleep. Like the kid is so active and when they don't get sleep, they're cranky and, and there's mood changes and things like that. So like they can apply these principles and see how they're important for a kid, but yet we lose that concept to apply it to yourself for the exact same reasons. And I always find that like, when I have these conversations with potential clients at the beginning, they're like, yeah, I just don't sleep or I want to work on trying to be a better sleeper, or get more sleep. And all of a sudden they, they start working out consistently and, you know, you check in with them on goal reviews and they're saying like, yeah, I sleep way better now than before I began working out. Well, yeah, obviously like you're, you're putting your body through something it hasn't been through in a long time. And you need that sleep to help your body continue doing what you want it to do. So like, it's interesting, the people that don't exercise, like that's not, like you want it to be common sense, but I can understand how it's not common sense. Um, We were talking before we started about the impact of um, vitamin D3. Oh yeah, this is something. I thought this was interesting. So lack of sun exposure obviously is going to decrease your vitamin D3 levels. And as I began reading this, like, yeah, that makes more sense for us too. Like, especially during the winter when a, there's less sunshine available, but B, we're also not outside as much. Like who wants to be outside in minus 50? Let's just be honest. It's not me. (laughs) Um, But having adequate levels of D3 is actually important into how serotonin is made in your body. So remember at the beginning, we talked about hormone regulation is done during sleep predominantly. So here are some great examples of that, that D3 makes serotonin and serotonin becomes melatonin and melatonin is what makes us sleep. And as a side note, like what is the first supplement that people take when they're not sleeping? Melatonin, but you're taking that because like your hormones aren't working, you know, and melatonin by supplement form is actually addictive. And, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like, uh, that when you take it long enough, it stops working. Mm -hmm. And so like, if we reversed that process and started with D3 supplementation or just getting outside more, which benefits many different things, like we've already talked about that, you could reverse and engineer that cycle and work in the proper way it's supposed to work, you know? Mm -hmm. Melatonin is important because it's what helps us sleep, but it's also what turns our adrenals off. And so if you're a person with like super high cortisol, this is imperative for you. And guess what? Like capsule form is not the best way to go about that, but it's instant gratifying, right? Like it puts you to sleep. You're like, Hey, this works, but it's just filling the pothole. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, there's lots of stuff you can get into in the science of the hormone stuff. And, and I mean, I love this stuff too, but like serotonin is important to regulating your mood. So you can, you can understand why if you don't sleep, 
and your serotonin levels are inadequate, you're generally going to be more cranky and more um, agile or agitative, you know, to less adaptive to stresses and things like that. So now you kind of like compound all these issues when really you just need to get outside more. It's interesting, right? Mm -hmm. Very. Anything else you can enlighten us on in regards to sleep? I always like the tip of like, put your phone in the other room or leave it in the kitchen or just like out of your bedroom because we're so attached to it. A we're using it before we go to sleep, but we're dependent on it to be our alarm. So therefore you don't want to put it outside of your room because you're dependent on it to be the alarm. So therefore you keep staying on it late at night, or it's the first thing you look at when you turn your alarm off, right? Like you hit snooze on your alarm, open up your thing. You look at all your notifications. And next thing you know, you're an hour long deep into your email. (laughs) Or you could put it in the other room and go back to 1990 and go get a battery operated red LED light, lighted alarm clock and solve all those problems. Arguably, I don't have one and I'm preaching this and I'm not following through with it, but I, I think this is a great idea. So are you going to buy an alarm clock? Yeah, they're like five bucks. I have one in the room. I just don't use it. I use my phone, <laughs> but arguably I don't go on my phone once I get into bed. And there's all kind like you honestly don't even need like the, like if you wanted to be very specific about it, and I guess this kind of goes back onto your, your comment about artificial light, like you can get those alarm clocks that gently increase the yes. light in your room. Mm-hmm. I've been in a hotel once that had that and it, it was actually pretty cool. And I don't think they're crazy expensive. Like they're obviously more costly than the old school yeah, one, but like I don't think they're, I'm sure people have spent more money on worse things than a fancy That's a very good point. Alarm. But it's meant to like the simulate the sunlight, yeah, right? Rising with the sun. Yeah. Which goes back to like your study of back in the day. <laughs> they did things right back in the day. Um, people talk a lot about supplementation for sleep. And like we talked about melatonin supplementation, I think there's better ways to go about it. You know, like we talked about melatonin being, you know, it's addictive and um, doesn't hold as long the effectiveness of it. One of the things that I like to recommend is ZMA. And again, I just need to preface this as like, these are not fixes. These are supplementation, which means in addition to, it means you should be working on some of these other more important things that can keep your hormone regulation cycles proper versus just filling the path, like patching the road. Right. So let me just put that disclaimer out there. And we're not doctors. <laughs> and we're also not, yeah, for legal purposes, we're not doctors. <laughs> okay. Now go. Um, but I talk a lot about ZMA. ZMA is a combination of zinc, magnesium, and vitamin B6, I believe. Um, and just the ratio of how those minerals are put together is very effective at inducing an, a deeper sleep um, as one thing. And uh, I was going to say, no, um, that's like my go-to when people are searching for supplementation. But actually, after reading the research on this, I'm going to go to D3 first. But I was always recommending D3, but for different purposes, I just didn't see the hormone cycle of that playing into it. So um, D3 supplementation is huge, especially during the winter. Mm -hmm. I was still even supplemented during the summer. 
you work nine to five inside in an office with no windows, you know, so, and even window light is not the same as. And it's also one of those things that like, you really have to work hard to overdo the vitamin D, right? Yeah. And like, none of this stuff is bad if you take too much, like, let's just put that out there too. You just pee it out. So your pee just becomes expensive. (laughs) But again, we're not. Yeah, but we're not doctors. Yeah. (laughs) Just going to keep saying that over and over again. You know. And I think like one of the other, like, I'm really, I'm just kind of on this hormone role right now. Like testosterone is a big part of our recovery process. So like you're putting all this work in at the gym, wanting to be stronger or um, rehab some injuries or things like that. Like testosterone is imperative to muscle building and testosterone is what it predominantly happens while we're sleeping, growth hormone, all that good stuff. So if you're lacking progress in the gym, but you feel like you're working really hard for it and you're not seeing it. Like you're probably a shitty sleeper too. I guess stop swearing. I don't think you've said it that much. <laughs> oh, I feel like I have. What do you say to the people who feel like they've tried everything or are doing things right and they just can't sleep? It's a little question. I hate the I've tried everything comment. I think as human beings, we grossly overestimate that. And I also think that your consistency on the practice is never what you think it is. It's easy for us to be like, oh, I've done that. I've tried that. It doesn't work because you're expecting things to change like after three or four times of trying something. But chances are, if you're not sleeping, your body is messed up on the inside pretty well. And since systemically, you don't have a lot of like direct control over those things, like, right, like these routines and things, these are all your ways you're doing things to try and influence those things, right? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So because it's not happening right away, like, that's just how we're driven societally. Like we want things to change immediately. So honestly, my, like my gut reaction to that comment is no, you're probably not trying everything and no, you're probably not doing it for long enough because what is the alternative? Like if you don't keep trying these things, then that means that you're not doing anything. So things are only going to get worse if, if not stay the same, like would you even take the chance to try and sleep 1% better? No plug and play at our podcast name. <laughs> I feel like I can't comment on that because I sleep fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do too, but like, I still have some empathy towards that. Like I understand yes. the frustration that yes. you're feeling when that client brings up a comment like that. And it's frustrating again, too, because like the progress takes a long time to see it, or it's just easier to be like, Oh, I'm menopausal or, you know, X, Y, Z. Well, and I think the things that lack of sleep or poor quality sleep influences is so large that it, it's hard not to ignore Yeah, and be frustrated by. Yeah. Specifically weight loss, right? Like that. Yes. Or seeing like gains in the gym. I mean, yeah. So let's talk weight loss, like very specifically, because that's a common, that's a common problem you know, that people start out with when they, they join us. And it's just like, like we already talked about hormone regulation and how that impacts it. You add in the hormones that regulate hunger. You don't sleep. You're going to have increased hunger and appetite. 
which then means that you're probably going to have a decreased energy towards a like physical activity. So that takes away your working out, but that also takes away your daily movement. Daily movement is important so we can keep your energy expenditure at rest higher, right? So your body is burning more calories while you're sitting at your desk working versus if you're not um, including that daily movement in your day. So you exercise less and you eat more. Well, obviously you're going to wake in. Then you add in the decision-making ability because your cognitive function is decreasing. Well, you're probably not going to resist tempting foods very often. I was reading something that said that one study found increasing sleep amounts reduced sugar intake significantly by 10 grams. Like 10 grams is, is a lot in sugar land. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I think it, like when you're in this cycle of poor sleep, not seeing results that you want, it just adds to the frustration and stress and it just becomes this vicious cycle mentally as well. You get caught in that loop, mm-hmm. but Hey, we can fix that loop. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big statement, but yes, I can help you fix that loop. If you were to tell people to do one thing differently tonight before they went to bed, what would that one thing be? Stop drinking alcohol. Was that what you're expecting me to say? No. What were you expecting me to say? I'm just interested. I thought it would be something more applicable to the broad audience, (laughs) not you specifically. (laughs) No, I don't mean that to me, actually. But like, how many people sit down and have a glass of wine before they go to bed or with their supper, you know, and they just nonchalant. And I'm not saying an everyday thing. I'm saying like two or three times a week still has a dramatic impact on your sleep. But I know what you're saying. You're like, okay, well, turn the temperature. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) It would apply to everyone. Turn the TV off, turn your phone off half an hour before you go to bed. And like, if you can literally do one small change, that would be the thing that I would change. And just practice doing that consistently because, yeah, you're not going to be like, oh, I woke up today and look, I turned my phone off last night and I only got four hours of sleep. Like, it doesn't work like that. That's a better answer. (laughs) I know. But also stop drinking alcohol. Yeah. And I just, that one comes to my mind because it had such, it has such a dramatic impact on like, like this is like. There are a lot, there's lots of research out there that speaks and speaks and speaks, but this one just really hit me hard because I basically did this experiment on myself and the health benefits from before and after were just wild. And yeah, so that had a very big impact on me and it's weird. And I know we've talked about this in depth. I'm just going to say one more time. Like I didn't drink while I was training because like that's just not what you do as a high level athlete. And now I'm just an everyday Joe and, you know, so alcohol crept back in my life. But then like, now I had, now I saw a health impact and I'm like, holy shit. So I just, did you I'm not, a little bit more passionate about that today than I was before. Did you avoid alcohol back when you were training? Because that was just like, unacceptable in terms of the process or did you understand the implications that it had towards the process like I was so you didn't drink because your fellow athletes didn't drink and that was how like that was just the way or did you understand 
it would affect your recovery, your sleep. I think like I had the underlying notion that like it would affect everything, but that wasn't what drove me not to. What drove me to it was like, you have this idea of, of this person you want to be and how that person behaves and acts. And like, to me, in my mind, it was like, you sleep this much, you work out this much, you, you eat a pristine diet. That is everything is counted for, you know, and just, you don't drink alcohol. Cause that's like a negative behavior and everything that you do is a positive behavior type of thing. So I think like, it was more of the idea of who I wanted to be or who I thought I was versus like actually weighing the impact of it negatively affecting health perspective, you know, and performance perspectives. That's a good question. I wonder how many people think about that in regards to their sleep. Like you want to, you see yourself as this healthy person, or you have these goals of being this healthy person. Does that visual of like who you want to be include a sleeping component to it? And I think that's where I started asking, or I started with my statement at the beginning was, I think people feel like sleep is out of their control. They wake up in the night, they wake up early, they toss and they turn. That's just how it is. Like, I think that is where people's mindset towards sleep predominantly lies. Do you think that everything we just said could maybe change that even a little bit? Oh, I certainly hope so. I hope so too. And I especially hope so for like the menopausal reasons when I hear those ones. Oh, I just don't sleep because I'm in the middle of menopause. Like think about what menopause actually is Mm -hmm. the disruption of Mm -hmm. everything hormone related. Mm -hmm. And I just gave you 50 billion reasons why. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah willingness right willingness to work through the process that's not an instant change I was like actually kind of excited to tackle this one we've been talking about this like indirectly here and there through various episodes but like we've never devoted a single episode towards sleep and I feel like with some of my clients in the last couple of months it's like something that we've been paying a little bit more attention to um or at least the clients we've been working with this is like the thing that they've been wanting to work on so mm-hmm. um listener questions this week do you struggle with sleep first of all yes or no if yes what have you tried no answer those honestly questions what have you tried and have you tried it long enough and then if you don't have trouble sleeping tell us why like, what do you do that works for you? How do you answer that? I do not have trouble sleeping. And I don't do anything special. I Like I was saying that in my head, I don't I do was anything a child, special. Like I was the child who could sleep anywhere, middle of a restaurant, on two <laughs> chairs put together. Honestly, loud music going, like I can sleep. Middle of the I could probably sleep right now. Like <laughs> lights on, whatever, I could fall asleep. That is just the type of sleeper I am. Like I shower at night, but I don't contribute. Like I if I miss a shower at night, I still sleep fine. Yeah, I can sleep with the lights on. 
TV going. Like it- and I don't want to go on the, the thing of like, you're blessed with these sleeping qualities. I think just internally, you've got something in a line. Or maybe I'm just so exhausted that I just sleep. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I... Yeah, I don't struggle with sleep. I struggle with quantity for sure. And some days that's out of my control just based on my schedule. Um, And I work really hard to have a nap on the days where it is out of my control and I can fit it in somewhere else. Um, Or I work really hard to have my schedule that when I get home, it's time to start getting ready for bed and not prolonging the, that process. But Unfortunately, to those listening who struggle, I am not one of you. (laughs) How about you? Generally speaking, I don't struggle at all. And I'm usually a very sound sleeper. Like I, once I start sleeping, I'm done until um, my alarm goes off. Puppy has disrupted that routine a little bit. And it's again too like when you kind of think about all the things that go along with that it has impact that carries over into my day for sure which makes me frustrated but it just is what it is <laughs> oh, I just said <laughs> people feel like it's not out of, in their control <laughs> would that be an instance where it's not in my control <laughs> the dog yeah the dog needing to get up and pee every two hours <laughs> yeah hmm. Um, but yeah, generally, like I just have modified my lifestyle to promote that healthy scenario. So, I mean, I was your typical university kid that would stay up all night typing out an essay. I was, I was a big night hawk, actually. Night owl. Whatever. That's the animal you want. Okay. Ow. Like I was that kid that was playing video games and shit in the middle of the night. I was not that kid. I was that kid. And now I sleep like a dream. So it can change. (laughs) All right. Um, So listener questions, you know what to do. Send your answers to us. Uh, As always, follow our socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Episode 60. Six, sleep. Have a good night's sleep tonight.